Yes, indeed. Good morning. Answering your home improvement type of questions, Andy Lindis from Lindis Construction. Here's the number, both the phone and text, 651-989-9226. Andy Lindis, good morning to you. Good morning, Denny. How are you? I'm doing well, and uh, I'm smiling, as I'm sure you and your crews are, because of the moderating temperatures. You're going to get a lot of work done this coming week, and that's good for your customers as well, isn't it? It is, it is. You know, I, I was on a conference call uh, yesterday with uh, some roofers in uh, the Oklahoma area, and they uh, were talking about the lack of snow shovels that they have down there. And I said, we can always send some down here. So we're just dealing with 25 below, not a lot of snow like like, like they were. But uh, they were asking how the weather was. And he goes, you know what? I go, it feels, it feels like it's 40 outside, but I looked at my thermometer and it was 10 degrees. So you know it's been cold when... <laughs> You're outside in uh, a T-shirt, and it's 10 degrees, and you're really not uh, looking for a jacket or wanting to get inside anytime soon. That was crazy. I'm uh, I'm glad it's over, Denny, for sure. Yeah, I, and I hope it is over, at least for this season, uh, for sure. Uh, before we get into uh, any kind of – we're already getting questions. Um, and there's a line open if you want to call in your question for Andy. You might be in the middle of a project or be starting one, and maybe you want to call about decks or – siding or roofing, whatever the case may be, 651-989-9226. Let's talk a little bit about, especially for those that maybe did not, were not aware of, well, how can you not be aware of, of the need for uh, feeding people, not only around CCO land, but this country. But Linda's got really involved in, in such a good deal, and I want to ask you about it because you won't talk about it and brag about it, be self-serving certainly. But what part is Linda's playing in this this whole feeding process for second harvest? Well, um, you know, it, it really comes down to the the partnerships that we have with manufacturers, Denny. Um, and, and second harvest is, is definitely an organization we've always wanted to get behind and help out. Uh, you know, who can't get behind feeding your hungry neighbors? And some of the other organizations that Second Harvest is affiliated with, like Minnesota Central Kitchen, is actually helping employ displaced hospitality workers. Those over 170 workers have been employed there, helping get meals to our hungry neighbors. So we partnered with GAF, and because of all of our customers here in CCO land, we've been we've we've installed our fair share of roofing. So for every roof that we do, we're able to donate. X amount of dollars to organizations like that. And we're going to need to continue to do this throughout the year, every quarter. We're calling it the, the Lindus Impacts Campaign with GAF because not only are all of the roofing that we sell now in the Twin Cities area have an impact resistance rating, but uh, it also allows us uh, and our customers to impact their community and, and their neighbors and, and help feed the hungry. So right now, uh, the month of February, we have a $30,000 match to Minnesota Central Kitchen. And we're going to hit that this this month for sure, and then uh, we're going to see how the the rest of the year goes. But as as we heard last month in the second harvest push, the summer months, Denny, are sometimes the most important months. So we're we're going to continue this throughout the year, and a portion of every roof that we do will be donated to either help employ hospitality workers and feed our hungry neighbors. That's amazing. A lot of people are thanking Lindis, as we are, and not only our our CCO listeners, uh, but uh, Lindis Construction itself. I mean, it's bravo to you guys. It's fantastic. Yeah. What about Central Kitchen? What is that? What's the story on that Central Kitchen? What are they about? So, 
they're going to work with restaurants and other food vendors and, and get the food there, but then they need people to help package the meals and cook the meals and prepare the meals to get them out to the needy. So what they've been doing, being that restaurant workers are, you know, half capacity, some of the restaurants shut down. So they have all these workers that are out of work. So they've been doing their job to try to employ those workers, get them to come into Minnesota Central Kitchen, which is a catering company, and help prep all these meals and, and package all of this food to go out to our hungry neighbors. Fantastic. All right. Let's uh, let's get to the uh, program in hand here with, with home improvement questions. 651-989-9226. That'll get you either in the text line or a phone. You can chat with Andy by phone if you like. Here's a text that came in a few minutes ago. A question for Andy. What is the proper depth for bottom anchor bolts for a spiral staircase into a concrete slab? The home has in-floor heating and is unknown. it is unknown if able to drill anchor bolts without puncturing the heating system. What's an alternative for anchoring the base of the spiral staircase? There are two anchoring plates, Texter adds. What do you think about that issue? Um, well, what I would do and is crank up the in-floor heat, and then if it's a water system, you should be able to, with infrared imaging, be able to tell where the actual lines are, and that'll make it safe to drill. But typically, the depth of those those tubes are going to be safe enough to drill the right anchor bolts. Oh, off the top of my head, Denny, though, um, I can't, I don't know what, what depth, I would have to look that up. You'd and, have to see it, And too. figure out, yeah, to see, well, I'd, I'm sure there's some instructions that came with that staircase or with, with, with how the, those plates are supposed to go in or some fasteners that, that came with it. And I, and I know there's probably some codes to it. I'd have to look up the code, see exactly how they're supposed to be anchored and, and go from there. Now what, you know, again, getting back to that forecast, the warmer forecast, what, what will the Linda's construction be able to do that you guys, your people have not been able to do with this? As the warmer forecast, what what will the Linda's construction be able to do that you guys, your people, have not been able to do with the sub-zero temps? Like mostly everything? <laughs> mostly anything outside. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, not only is it is it unsafe to work in those conditions, just just as a human, your tools don't function well. The the glues don't function well. The caulking doesn't function well. Nothing works well when it's that when it's that cold. So. We uh, we're pretty much shut down on all exterior work, so we will be getting back at it this week. Then I'm pretty excited about it. And month of February, we got a little bit of uh, lost time. It's been a while since we've had to shut down for as long as we did here for exterior work. It really has. Um, oh, yeah, probably sure. going back to the polar vortex. The last time we shut down for two weeks. So we're we're excited to get back up and running. We'll get back after it. All things outside of asphalt roofing should be getting installed next week. Fantastic. Good news for everybody. All right, let's uh, take a bit of a break here. We'll come back. We have more questions to get answered. If, again, if you have any kind of a home improvement question, now's your chance to ask Andy Lindis, either by phone or by text. 651-989-9226. Easy number to remember. 651-989-WCCO. We'll be back. Three degrees above zero on our way to 25. You stay with us.
Good morning. 9.20 in the morning, 3 degrees above zero. Again, 25, the predicted high today. And maybe by Monday we'll get up to near 41. Good news. Uh, We have one open line now if you want to call in your question or uh, if you want to send in your home improvement question via text. Again, same number, 651-989-9226. Let's go to the phones, Andy. Jack, I believe, is first up here calling from Andover. Jack, you are on with Andy Lindis. Good morning, Andy. I'm calling up just to compliment you and commend your company. And I'm sure you know who Joel is, correct? Mm-hmm. And he came out this week, and I had an issue with a frozen hot water line. And him and I got in our crawl space and crawled underneath and sat and discussed my issue. And he took care of a, made a couple phone calls. And by evening, I had hot water running, and I'm just giving a big shout out to Joel for all the help he did for us. Good deal. Well, I pre- I appreciate that. Joel is a uh there's uh I don't know, he's Denny there's there's people that really truly just just care about people and, and yep. Joel is just one of those guys. He just just wants to help and uh we get lots of compliments on Joel going above and beyond. So, glad he got the hot water up and running. Yeah. But, uh, nothing. Nothing fun to uh, to go over. You know, I had a similar thing, Denny. I, you know, I I spray foamed my my walls when I redid my kitchen. Oh yeah. And then in my basement, I ended up uh, spray foaming the rim, but my ceiling gets in the way there. And for whatever reason, I missed a spot where it's an old rock foundation and some air infiltration was was happening there, and I didn't notice it until. My uh, water line to the washing machine or dishwasher had uh, had started to freeze. My my mm. lovely bride actually is the one that pointed it out the first time, and she fixed it. But now I uh, I've gone under there and resealed it with spray with spray foam and and found the the void that I had missed uh, to begin with and went from there. But that's what happens when you got a a house that's been remodeled. I don't know. 15 times in uh, the four <laughs> generations of the Linda yes. family that's had it since then. And we Frankenstein a lot of things together. And sometimes you just uh, forget where, where, where things are and uh, what you have to do in order to fix it. Right. And even me had a, had a frozen water line, but we luckily it didn't burst. It just stopped the, the dishwasher wasn't getting water. The line actually didn't burst. We were able to thaw it out and didn't have a mess at least. Well, it's kind of neat to have a home that's been in the family for generations. That's pretty neat, wouldn't you say? It, it is. And uh, like last time we remodeled it, there was evidence of a fire. Hmm. And I had to go back to my, my mom's brother, Billy, is one that, that told me about the fire, that they had seen the fire damage when they remodeled the kitchen and moved a staircase. So that fire damage was pre any of us being in there. Wow. Interesting. A lot of history. Very interesting. All right, let's yeah, go know, back. The, the, the original abstract talks about a wagon trail, Denny. That's how, that's how old this house is. How about that? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask you about your basement down the road here, too, a little bit. But Craig is calling in, I think, from Hudson with a question. Thanks for waiting, Craig. What is your question for Andy? Yeah, thanks, uh, Andy. I, we built or added on a gazebo onto our deck about 20 years ago. It, we had it fully insulated and electric and everything else with the intent that we would uh, make it kind of a three-season um, or maybe even four-season gazebo. But we never did put windows in it. It's it's just screened windows, and uh, they're they're 48 by 60 inches, and we're just trying to figure out what kind of 
uh, window that we could put in there that we could still have airflow through there and not not spend a fortune. I, I, I would imagine it'd be something like a storm window. We looked at Larson had uh, some gold series windows that are kind of storm windows. They're fairly light. And, and with that size, with 48 by 60, it really restricts kind of what we can put in there. Do you have any ideas what we could do? Yeah, we, we actually have a, a couple of different uh, porch windows that we work with, whether they're combination windows or some of the insulated glass packs, which I, which I would recommend, because here's what you can do. Um, if you pick the right window, and all of our estimates are free, so if you, if you pick the right window, the sashes are removable. So if you want to keep it a screened-in porch in the summertime, you can remove the sashes and, and have that airflow. You just need some place to store the actual sashes. The sash is the operating part of the window. So 48 by 60, if you're to use two light sliding windows, like I have in, 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 in my workout room, like I said, those are the biggest sliding windows known, known to man. And when it was 20, 20 below out, my my thermostat in that room was set at 73 degrees, and because of the solar heat gain, it was 78 degrees in there. So they and then I can in the summertime take out that entire space, which is eight feet wide, and have it just be screens. So it, it's a nice feature. So if if I were you, I would call us and sit down with one of my deck specialists, Luke, Charlie, um, or even Mr. Kuby, Dave, Jordan. Any of those guys will come out and take a look at it and. All ideas are free and all estimates are free, and we'll be able to price up probably four or five different windows for you and options for you for for installing that. But kudos to you on the front end, Denny. You know how many times uh, we go out to uninsulated three-season porches and they want to convert them to four-season porches? Oh, yes. Right now we have three that we've signed up in the last month of people converting three-season porches to four-season porches. And it's much more expensive to do it that way than to do it the way this person did, where they insulated on the front end. Like it's it's going to be double the cost to convert a three season porch to a four season porch than what it would be to just build the four season porch on the front end. I remember years ago, Linda's did kind of that to, to our point. Although it, it's not insulated per se, we've gone from screens and had Linda's put in a whole bunch of uh, double hung windows. Because like you've mm-hmm. seen, people go, well, I really want to live out here a little bit you know, longer throughout the year. Yeah, I can see that happening a lot more these days for sure. Well, uh, it turns out to be their, their favorite room in their house. And yeah. Who wants to not use their favorite room in the house four months of the year? Absolutely. Let's grab another call before we look at that forecast. I think Jeff uh, may be calling in from Hastings this morning. Thank you, Jeff. What's your question for Andy? I'm having problem with a roof sewer vent freezing up on the north side of my house. Uh, I bought a sewer skewer, uh, put <laughs> that in, and it uh, froze up two times. I was just up on the roof trying to take it off because it was frozen inside it as well, and the top broke off, and the four feet of copper pipe fell down to wherever in, inside the uh, the pipe. So I've I've read up. I I don't have access uh, to uh, the attic area, the cold space that it runs through. Um, uh, so I I know that one of the things is to try to get it insulated and so forth. But first of all, any problems mm-hmm. with that copper pipe 
um, being someplace lodged in that sewer pipe, and what recommendations do you have to fix it? Um, yeah, potentially that could be could be a problem um, for sure, and we should be able to maybe snake that out, or we can like we have a camera that we can drop down there and see where it is and and what's going on. But yeah, you're gonna want to get that out, but sometimes painting it black or color matching on the roof going up farther on the roof with with that pipe can help out i've heard really really mixed results of the sewer skier what that is denny it's a t-shaped copper pipe copper being a conductor will will get warmer than than the plastic than the than the pvc pipe so it doesn't allow the freezing and keeps you know the it's always able to vent and that's what that is it's that, that that pipe is there for your sewer to vent, to get airflow so your sewer will work the proper way. Right. And if that if it dropped down in there, it could be it could be a couple of things going on. But yeah, I'd want to get that out of there and 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 figure it out. And I would probably cut an axis into your attic to figure out what's going on in there to insulate that pipe better. Mm-hmm. Sewer pipe when done properly, even in twenty five below weather, shouldn't freeze. All right. Um, I'm looking at the clock here. We need to take a a quick break and uh, look at that uh, warming forecast, the good news, uh, straight ahead here. If you have any kind of a home improvement question, we have just about a half hour left in the show. If you want to ask Andy Lindis your uh, home improvement question, call it in or text it in. It is the same number, 651-989-9226. When we come back, we'll grab more text messages, and your call is the same number. 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. When we come back, we'll grab more text messages and your calls, too, here on our Home Improvement Show on Newstalk 830 WCCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show presented by Linda's Construction every week here in the 9 o'clock hour, answering your home improvement type of questions. If you have one, you can call it in. Ask Andy yourself, or you can send Andy a text. Same number again, 651-989-9226. Here's one, uh, Andy, you know we get a lot here uh, during the winter months especially. What percentage should the indoor humidity be during the winter months? And they want to know about that portable humidifier uh, you uh, you like too. But what's the temp, I mean, what's the humidity uh, reading should be in uh, during this time of the year? You know, on average, if you keep it around 30%, you should be okay. You know, as it gets into those crazy below uh, zero weather, they recommend a little bit lower. But if you can keep it between 25 and 30% for most of the winter, you're usually pretty good. If you remember, uh, last week we we had the caller that was dealing with frosting up on their windows. And I said, right. have, you, have you checked your humidity? And, and she's like, you know, it's always pretty good. And then she, she glanced at him and was like, oh, no. It's at 58% or whatever it was, 50-some-odd percent, she said last week, and that's just too high. And that's when, you know, with these warming temperatures that we're getting, Denny, I would anticipate that we get phone calls like it's raining in my attic mm. um, or there's a lot of wet moisture in my attic or I'm getting staining on my ceiling now because when those cold temperatures happened, stack effects started to happen. So all that warm air that's escaping up into your attic because of the the poorly sealed attics that the majority of us have in Minnesota, 
where air can escape in there. Well, that warm air is meeting a cold surface and creating frost. And as it warms up, that frost is going to melt. And that's where you get the staining on your ceiling. And the staining is because usually that water is coming through all of this grimy, dirty insulation that could or could not have animal droppings in it. That's acting as a giant air filter for your home. So those brown stains on your ceiling, that's a, a good sign that you need to have somebody take a look at attic air ceiling. That's uh, the number one thing that we find that people need in Minnesota, more so than insulation. Very good. And uh, again, if you want to get in touch with Linda's uh, 1-800-LEAFGUARD is the uh, easiest number to remember. Or you can always get on the web, too, at lindasconstruction.com. This texter, Andy, says, please ask Andy to explain what the difference is between the Infinity brand of Marvin Windows and the other lines of Marvin Windows. Thank you. Yeah, we've never had that question before. Good question. Uh, you know, the Infinity brand is their Altrex window. So it's a it's a proprietary product made for Marvin, like fiberglass, has the exact same expansion and contraction rate as the glass. That's the nice part over their other lines of windows, which are going to be made out of wood products. And don't get me wrong, the Marvin Ultimate window, in my opinion, is the best wood window made and manufactured. I've just Way too many friends up in the War Road area, our cabin up uh, in the Northwest Angle where my mom and dad live in the summertime, have have those ultimate windows in there, and they're fantastic. And we, we actually brought infinity windows up there to to install in an area. We wanted a different style, a little bit bigger of, of a window, and, and they work really well up there too. So in the, one of the coldest areas of the United States, they know how to make a good window. But that infinity window, Denny, is... Like I said, my house, I think right now I have seven different brands of windows, three different brands of doors, and by far the best performing windows I have are my infinity windows. And we, we can sell and install any window under the sun almost, but uh, when we show people what the infinity window can do, and I mean, how many windows, Denny, where I, I basically have a 40-foot wall that is 75% glass, and it's 25 below outside. And it's 78 degrees in that room. You know, it's 42 by 16, this room. And with nine-foot ceilings, it's just in-floor heat. But it was 78 degrees when the thermostat is set at 73 degrees. It's just a, it's a beautiful thing because of the solar heat gain that we get in the wintertime with these windows. The lower the angle in the sun, the, the better solar heat gain we get. The higher the angle of the sun, the more it reflects. So it's, it's, it's an awesome thing. And the Marvin folks really put their, their thinking cap on when they designed this window. Boy, that's a lot of glass. Do you ever get fogging then? Probably not. No, I don't get oh. any frost. I don't get any fogging. I uh, I did some, uh, I, I was afraid. I, I got a little crazy with a lawnmower and weed whip and threw a bunch of stuff at it. And I even had a rock go at it and, and, and it survived that. So it's a, it's a well-made <laughs> window. All right. 651-989-9226 is the phone number and the text number, same number. Uh, here's the text that says, I have a detached garage not heated or insulated going to re-shingle. Should I have vents installed? Texter wants to know. Well, if it's an unheated area, you would still want to put some roof venting in. You don't want to trap the warm air in in that space. So if there's any type of intake, 
then yes, you're you're going to want to add some venting. And just for the future, if you do think about insulating it or not insulating it, then it, it, it's going to be there, especially for what the venting could cost. Is it, is it an absolute necessary thing? But to, to cut a ridge vent in shouldn't be that big of a deal. Okay. Uh, just oh, here, speaking of windows, this came in a few minutes ago, Andy. Just had Lindis replace some original 1976 Marvin windows with Infinity. A very positive experience with a beautiful result. My house, Texter says, is much more solid and warmer now. Thanks for your great work. Another unsolicited comment. It's funny we should be just talking about the, the Marvin window. And there's another example of, of the quality. Yeah, thank you for that whoever that texter is. Uh, again, if you want to call Andy, 651-989-9226. What else can we find out here? All right. Here's one that says, I've had to clean ice out of my roof sewer vent a few times this winter. How do you clean it good, and how do I keep it free from ice in the future? Texter wants to know. Uh, sometimes just, just getting that pipe insulated in the attic space can do the trick. Remember how your attic especially when, when an attic's done properly in the wintertime, it should be almost the same temperature inside the attic as it is outside. You don't want it to be warmer because that's when, when bad things happen. So it should be a very cold space. And, and that, that sewer pipe is going to have that, that warm sewer vent water warmer than the air venting up and through there. So condensation is a really real issue. And if you, the warmer you can make that pipe, the less chance for condensation to happen. So if you can insulate it, extend it farther up on your roof so it gets out of the snow, um, paint it black, all of those things go a long ways. I, I know some people have had okay luck with those with those sewer skiers, those those T-shaped copper pipes, but I'd, I'd stay away from that. It seems, you know, I, I, ice dams and ice tapes are okay to use at times, uh, Denny, when you have icing situations, you know, the mm-hmm. heat tapes that you can put up there that, that plug in, but right. it's not solving the problem. What we like to do is try to solve the problem, figure out why the ice is happening and what we can do to make sure the ice doesn't happen again. When you put things like sewer skiers on, heat tapes, things of that nature, typically you're not solving the problem. Having said that, sometimes the solve of the problem is so expensive heat tapes make more sense, i.e. a hot roof area where you would have to tear off the entire roof and try to insulate it from the outside, spraying foam it. Sometimes that can be too costly, so heat tapes might be the best best bet in those areas. But sewer pipes should be pretty easy to insulate, pretty easy to paint, pretty easy to extend up past the, the actual snow. Okay. This texter says uh, they have a 1969 Rambler with hardwood floors in the living room and hallway. Need to replace outdated flooring. What flooring do you suggest for adjoining dining area and kitchen work area? My husband worries about dining chairs scratching wood flooring. Are you going to talk about bamboo? Maybe. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I, you know, I still put. I have the bamboo floor, but I still put the pads on on those chairs. But anybody sure. that has hardwood floors or has to deal with those knows those pads eventually fall off. And I've sat on chair and moved a chair and and heard that scratch on hardwood floors before. The nice part about hardwood, though, you can refinish it. The nice part about bamboo, it's really hard to scratch, even if a pad comes off for a little while. I I've had that all mine three years, and I don't think I have a scratch on the floor, Denny. Wow. So there's some really good vinyl planking options out there, but uh, for me, 
even if some of the engineered wood out there, it's okay. I'm I'm going to go with something that is refinishable, and I just like the look and the feel of hardwood more than any other type of flooring. There's some good tiling options as well, but if it's an area that you're going to traffic a lot, that can be hard on your body as well. It, people don't don't get that, but you change a hardwood floor kitchen to a tile kitchen. I would be willing to bet that almost everyone I talk to talks about how much harder it is on their joints and back and, mm. and, and things of that nature by walking on that harder surface compared to wood. Now, you know, wood doesn't feel like a softer surface, but you definitely fatigue slower on a wood surface over a mm. ceramic surface. Interesting angle. And plus, speaking of wood floors, you have good testers there. You have a couple of, well, I won't call them horses, but you've got a couple of pretty good-sized dogs that give it a, a pretty good test, don't you? I do, yes. A 120-pound Great Dane and a couple of 60-pound labs that uh, they do their fair share of running around on that floor. And <laughs> uh, if, uh, if a squirrel gets within sight of a window, they uh, will sit there and, you know, it's like the Flintstone feet. <laughs> on uh, on the hardwood floor at, at times and, and trying to get out, so it uh, it's fun to watch. But I'm telling you, they they you can't hurt this floor, Denny. I've been just impressed with it. I don't I can't remember how many thousands of times stronger it is than oak, but it's it's a lot stronger and heavier than even oak is. Than even oak. Wow. Hang on, Andy. We're going to take a quick break here. We have more show to come. If you have, and we do have a bunch of text messages. I want to impart to, to Andy. So 651-989-9226, three degrees above zero, going for 25 today, maybe 41 on Monday. Stay with us here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Five today, maybe 41 on Monday. Stay with us here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And welcome back to our Home Improvement Show. We're on every Saturday in the 9 o'clock hour. has been for years, thanks to our friends at Lindis Construction. Andy Lindis is uh, helping you out today. And we've got a bunch of text messages, Andy. Let's see if we can't clear up here. Uh, hi, this one says, thank you for taking my text. We have a 20-year-old screen porch attached to our home that is supported by 9-inch square green-treated posts. How do we check these posts to make sure... They're in good condition, uh, i.e. maintain structural integrity. Thank you. That comes from Becky in Stillwater. The only worry is if they're undergrade, if they're into cement or above the cement uh, on disc or how they're attached to the actual posts. Maybe that next to the ground could be deteriorating, but typically those are going to be fine. Now, if, if uh, you have one of us come out, one of our port specialists, that we're looking at this. We have the tools that we can actually, we have moisture meters, things that we can do to ensure that things are going and and that the integrity of your porch is going to be sound. But what we're going to find is usually where it attaches to the house and more on the, the roofing and the flashings where we find rot and where the, where, where we find rot, those posts typically don't rot out. You're probably okay, but if you want to feel uh, a little bit better, have us come out and take a look at it, and we'll let you know what's going on. 
All right, very good. 1-800-LEAFGUARD is the uh, easiest number to remember to get in touch with Linda's construction. Speaking of the phones, I think Tom is calling in from St. Louis Park uh, this morning. Tom, good morning. You are on with Andy Lindis. Yeah, good morning, Danny and Andy. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, tell you, I have a 1949 home, and uh, I'm in the midst of a partial bathroom remodel. And on my outside-facing east wall, I tore out about half of the drywall and the ceramic tile to get rid of the, the water-damaged drywall behind it. And there's a vapor barrier insulation in there with a sort of brown, crumbly type of insulation. And I'm wondering two things about it. Number one, um, do you think that potentially has asbestos in it? And number two, what would your recommendation be for replacing that? Um, the asbestos insulation typically has a little bit of a shine to it. It almost looks like shiny gravel. Um, if you're to Google vermiculite and, and look at some of the images, uh, that you can find on, on vermiculite, that's, that's the the insulation that you're typically going to find in a house that could or could not contain asbestos. Uh, long story short, I believe the, there's two mines in the country where people are getting vermiculite for insulating purposes. One mine had asbestos, one didn't. So it's a 50-50 proposition for us when we send it out, whether or not it it's going to come back positive for asbestos, where we have to do some asbestos abatement programs or get a company to come out to remove it. But having said that, if you got the wall torn apart, it might be a good time to insulate it, but if it's asbestos insulation, you're going to want to find that out. And uh, Lindstrom Environmental, if you were to look them up, they do the testing of the insulation, and they can let you know what's going on there. Okay. Do you happen to know, Texter wants to know, is it state code to put a radon mitigation system in all new home bills in Minnesota? Have you heard anything about that? Uh, you know, I'm not positive on that, but you know who would know. You know, I think it might be Denny, and I'm just going to text Jesse Treble from safetyassistance.com um, and see right now. He might be listening and texting me already. Now, very good. In fact, on that note, yeah. uh, that um, did you get an answer already? Nope, nope, I'm just texting him. Sorry. Okay. Um, uh, speaking of, uh, of of safebasements.com, a, a texter wants to know who we recommend uh, for encapsulating a crawl space, just like we had done some a few months ago uh, in, in the basement, and that was safebasements.com, Jesse Treble's company. Yeah, uh, most definitely. Um, yeah, Jesse Treble, T-R-E-B-L-E, but safebasements.com, that's for that texter. To, uh, to check that out. Well, while you're waiting, uh, Andy, what do you think Texter says about those froth pack uh, do-it-yourself spray foam insulation systems? Are they difficult to use? No, we use froth packs on a regular basis. Um, you know, a lot of our attic air sealing uh, in, in most of our offices is done with froth, froth packs. So, um, you know, a lot of times when we get into attics, we're just going to use spray foam in the, the areas of the attic where venting's coming through, electrical dumps, can lights after we put the boxes over them, and then the entire rim and then the entire top plate as well. And then we're going to blow in cellulose over the top of everything after that. Unless it has a no vapor barrier at all, then we'll 
typically spray foam the entire attic. But if you have a vapor barrier, the froth pack seems to be the better better of the two choices. It's definitely the most economical of the two choices. But know that once you pop that froth pack, you either use it all up or you end up throwing it away. I mean, you can use it, I think, in the next couple of days, but uh, a lot of times that froth pack is a lot more spray foam insulation than you actually need it for little spot areas. We use the Hilti gun and make sure you're getting the one-to-one expansion foam because if you're using some of that like great stuff foam or the, the stuff that people typically buy in the can from the box store, that stuff expands so much you can really do more harm than good. So the one-to-one expansion foam and the actual gun from Hilti and the Hilti brand foam is what we seem to have our best luck with. That's a good brand, for sure. Uh, we have time for one more call. Uh, Darren's calling in from New Richmond, I believe. Darren, good morning. You're on with Andy Lindis. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you today? Fantastic. Good. I have a quick question about triple pane windows. I had heard something negative about triple pane, and I don't remember what it is. I just would like to get Andy's uh, remarks on that. Well... I can I can tell you this. So, like our, our season garden windows come in a the best glass pack we can get with that brand of windows is our triple pane windows. Our Marvin windows has a little bit wider of a glass pack and it's a double pane. The inside temperature of the Marvin window with double pane in the in the cold days is going to be a degree to a degree and a half warmer than my season guard window. And why that's happening? The thermal transfer from cold can happen much faster on the on the season guard triple pane because you're going from the the distance between the panes of glass is smaller. You, you think that'd be a better thermal break, and we're only talking about a d- degree of difference or a d- degree and a half of difference. But sometimes that can be the difference of that window frosting up or not frosting up. So, especially when you get to larger windows, Denny. Yeah. So if you have a big window. When you get to the center of the glass there, that glass is a lot closer together than it is at the edges. People think that everything is straight, but they actually, they're concave a little bit. So mm. in that center of the glass is when, like in the springtime, on triple pane windows, you'll see a lot of the humidity on the outside of the windows where it looks like like it rained, but it's just that condensation happened on the outside of your windows, yeah. especially in the early or late, late spring, early summer when we were just putting on the A.C., Again, that cold is transferring from your house to the outside. That cold is going from one pane to the other. All it's, it's 80 degrees outside, and you're waking up in the morning. You got all that, all that condensation on the outside of your windows. You don't see yeah. those on on a good double pane window like a Marvin Infinity over some of the uh, of the triple pane. Having said that, we're out of time. Got some triple pane <laughs> windows that are awesome. We're we're out of time. We are completely out of time, Andy. Let's continue. Let's do this again next week for sure, and we'll pick up on some text messages we didn't get to today. We'll uh, promise you that. 1-800-LEAFGUARD, you get a hold of Linda's this coming week. Thanks, Andy. Thank you, and Jesse said yes, it is code.